Oh, welcome to today's edition, the holiday edition of Daf Yomi. Uh, today, t- today's Daf is a presentation of the Weiss Entertainment Network. Six thirteen on your dial. Check it out on the podcast as well, um, on all of the uh, podcast platforms: Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, as well, check out last night's Navi Share tonight at eight thirty. We'll have a special share on the Nyone Purim. Uh, that's in lieu of a nightly halacha along this network. Okay. Uh, we are up to daf. T- today is daf pei vav. Uh, we are on the bottom of pei hey amid base. Uh, as we're coming to the end of of this parak. Can I find it? Okay. All right. Um, so we were discussing yesterday uh, the idea of of if the korban was brought at the, the main topic was was the was the um, the parameters of the isser of etzim losish berubo uh, when you can't when you can't um, break the bone. So we we had a discussion. What if the meat is on one end and it's on the other end? Uh, different uh, di- different discussions. Uh, then we had a discussion about if you took the meat outside of of Yerushalayim, uh, you know, it was hanging up, part of it was in, part of it was out, uh, all of those different things. Now, um, the the Mishnah had mentioned that certain areas had certain Kedusha. Uh, now, it, now one, one of the things it said was that by, by Shar Nikonor, um, the Gemara mentioned Shar Nikonor, Sharnikinor uh, did not have a, a certain kedusha, and the reason for that was because the someone who had saras had to be able to come and stick their their uh, their their thumbs and their toes in so they could get sprinkled by the blood. But if they're in a state of it's a, it's, it's a catch twenty two because if they're in a state of saras, they're not allowed to be there. So therefore, it wasn't declared kodesh, so so they could have the opportunity to come and to be mitaher atzmo. That was a, an interesting uh, thing. Okay, we're at the bottom. Hacholonos. Um, um, it says the the, the windows, the uh, oveachoma, and and the thickness of the wall are viewed as inside, meaning they have kedusha. Amarav, gagim valios lonis kachu. The rooftops and the upper stories of Yerushalayim and the Azara were not considered kodesh. Only the ground level. Including the airspace until the ceiling was consecrated. The rooftops and upper story of buildings in Yerushalayim did not possess the sanctity of Yerushalayim, and thus Kadosh and Kalim cannot be eaten there. No rooftop parties uh, with uh, with korbanos. Is that true today? Doesn't matter. Today. Uh, uh, similarly, the rooftops and upper st- what? I will get to that. No. Similarly, the rooftops and the upper stories of the various offices and chambers built in the courtyard do not possess the sanctity of the courtyard, and thus Kadoshim Kalim could not be eaten there. Okay, so that's the that's the basic idea. So anyway, Aini, is this really true? It says they would take a, a kazayis of the Koran Pesach. And they would sit, and they would uh, sing halal uh, on the roof. So that that means that if they sang halal, it was common for very large groups to register upon each pesach lamb, so that every register received only a kazayis of meat. 
when the group recited hollow after eating the offering as was required, the singing would, would be so loud that it would seem as though the roofs of Yerushalayim were cracking. So it seemed to be that they, it sounded like that they were singing uh, uh, on the roofs. So Gemara says, my love, so doesn't that imply that they were eating on the roofs? So if you tell me it ha- the roofs don't have Kedusha, so how is it that they were allowed to be eating on the rooftops? Oh, so it must be that, that it does have Kedusha. So So no, they ate it on the ground and then they said Hallel um, on the top. Is that really true? Right? Um, that's the answer to the to the to the chacham. Uh, why? So that's the, that. That means that you're not allowed to eat anything after after the afikoman. You're supposed to go to sleep with the taste of the afikoman in 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 your mouth. Uh, Rabbi Salavichik points out. So why 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 is that the the answer to to the chacham? Aim after and achapesa afikoman. The chacham asks. The chacham asks. The chacham shows his his understanding because he asked the question. What's the difference between edus chukim mishpatim? He understands different hierarchy and mitzvahs, and he asked the question. He like like what what what? Why do we have a distinction? So he answered. Aim after and achapesa afikoman. So Rabbi Salavichik points out. He says, "What's a maftir and acha pesach afikomen?" That's the last mishnah in Mesachas Pesachim. He says, "When you have a chacham, he says you go to the last mishnah. You teach him everything because 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 he has that ability to to absorb it and and to retain it. So you don't you don't hold back anything. A maftir and acha pesach afikomen. You t- you teach him until the last mishnah." Anyway, that's just a just a little thought on that. Anyway, v'hatinan em after nachra pesach afikomen. V'yamarav shelo yakru mechabura lechabura. This means that after eating the pesach, they shouldn't uproot themselves from their group and join another group. Uh, so how can you say then after eating the pesach indoors they move to the rooftops? So lo kasher kan b'shasachila kan shelo b'shasachila. So no. So it, it depends. We learned that the, that at the time of eating. Uh, where, where, whereas when they weren't eating and they were reciting halal, it was not. It was, they didn't say halal at the, at the time when they ate. Halal was recited after the meal has ended. At that time, there was no longer any concern that the members of the group might carry some meat with them. So, so that's why they said halal on the roof. So, even though, it, even though, even though they couldn't be uh, separated, um, and that's what we do, by the way. Uh, we say halal and, and at the seder after after the afikoman. After halal is uh, is right before the fourth cup. And 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 it is after all the eating because you already ate afikoman. You're not allowed to eat anything anymore. There is a shaila, so we know we paskin like Rabbi Lozav and Azaria that you're supposed to eat the afikoman before midnight. So the, which is which we turn the clock will be about one in the morning. Um, uh, there, there is a question about whether halal should be completed by midnight as well. So uh, because because it could be that it is even though even though it's that might be it is connected to the eating of the of the Quote Corbin Pesa. Anyway, Tashma. Abishal Omer, Aliyah's base Kachia Kadashim, Hamura, the base Kachia Kadashim. So the upper story of the chamber of the of the Kodesh Kadashim has more stricter laws than, than the Kodesh Kadashim itself. Shebeis Kachia Kadashim, Kohen Godel, Nichnas Lo Pamachas Pashana. He says in the Kodesh Kadashim, the Kohen Godel goes in there once a year. By the way, last round. Last round, this staff was Yom Kippur. That the that the matches the going Godel going into it was actually on it was actually Yom Kippur's daf. So that was, was amazing. <laughs> My mouth was like, 
<laughs> like that's that's crazy. Anyway, that, that was the last round. Anyway, so so base kajaya kadoshin coin god or nichnas low pamahas pashana. The alias base kajaya kadoshin, but the upper story of the chamber ain't nichnasim la el pamahas pashavu. They would only enter there once in seven years. Ah, I guess to, to repair it, maybe uh, to clean it. Some say twice every seven years. By the way, that's interesting. Twice in seven years. That's what they say the minute of you check your tefillin, right? Once in 50 years. Right. It, was a, it was a repair thing to, to check to check out. The, to, so, so they figure they fixed it once in three years uh, that it wouldn't need any attention for a couple of years. Well, it was, uh, they, they looked to see if it, if it wasn't falling apart. It was a structure. There was a room above. The, it was a room above, and it was a, it was, a, it was nothing there, but, but I think it was empty. Above it, above it, above it. There was a chamber. They had a chamber there. I don't know. That's how they built it. No, they had to go in there once in either. What? What? Nothing, but the but 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 it could have been, but it could have, the walls could have been uh, coming down. I think so. That's the the regular. Yeah. This is above it. Probably, maybe they were Kohanim. Maybe they had a big Kohan. Hotel all the way inside. It's above the holy hotel. I guess the construction work. He was going to dig. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're really allowed to go there, but okay. I, I think. I think when we learned it originally, it said that it's preferable to be a coin, but if you didn't have a coin that could do it, then 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 Israel or like. But then they, I think, did they do it like with a with an extended thing they use in a box some? or something like that? Boxes, right? That's right. That's right. Right, yeah. They said it could be it could be Yisrael if there was no Kohen that knew what to do. Right, I could, that's true. Right, so I'm a Rabbi Yosef. Shall one stand up and pose a challenge to Rav on the basis of a law pertaining to the structure? Shani hechal dixiv vayitain David l'shlomo b'no as tabnisa ulam shlomo David gave shlomo the plan to the antechamber that's batav. And its structure, and uh, and its storage, vali osav, and the upper chamber, v'chadarav hapinim ubeis hakaporos, uksiv hakol v'ksav miyad Hashem alai his skill. And it says that everything is written by hand by Hashem, which He gave me. Since the design of the sanctuary structure, including its upper chamber, was ordained by the hand of Hashem, its upper chamber was sanctified. Rob meant only that the rooftops and upper chamber of other structures, not not the um, when he said that the, the the upper chambers are not sanctified, he meant uh, not the kodesh kodesh everything else. Tashma uh, another halosh chambers built in consecrated space that opens to unconsecrated space. Tuchal chol v'gagoseim kodesh. Their interiors uh, are unconsecrated, but the rooftops are consecrated. Ah, uh, so we see again that the rooftops were consecrated. So Turgama Rav Chista v'shegagoseim shavim l'karka azara. Now we're talking about chambers whose rooftops were level with the floor of the courtyard, meaning the chamber were actually caverns hollowed out under the ground of the courtyard. 
at with exit with with exits leading to the temple mount. Thus, the rooftops were part of the courtyard floor. The temple and its courtyard occupied the upper part of the of the temple mount. However, the mountains were squared off, and stairways were built at various intervals. We found the, we, 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 they we they've discovered some of these uh, stairways and things, um, and so that the ground was always level. But the section nearer to the base of Mikdash was higher than those further away. Because what you're talking about, all these excavations, they, they've gotten, they've they've cut, they've uncovered a lot of these things. They exist, that really, they, yeah, of course they exist. I mean, they discovered them. That made us up. No, uh, no, thank you. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they say we weren't there. It, it's insane. It, it didn't make up this story. They're all there. Uh, outside the courtyard, the Israelite courtyard, which was the last part of the sanctified courtyard, each step was one and a half amatol. So that the consecrated courtyard area was seven and a half almost higher than the adjacent uh, Temple Mount area. Thus, the chamber hollowed into the ground underneath the end of the courtyard had their entrance at ground level. Right. So yeah, it was like a like a basement. <laughs> it was almost like a basement kind of thing. So it was at ground level, even though it was the roof. Uh, but but that but that that's why that's why it wasn't considered a real roof. So if it's true, look at the end of the Mishnah. Built in unconsecrated space that opened to consecrated space. The chambers must have been tunnels. And Rabbi Yochanan said they didn't consecrate the tunnels. Rabbi Yochanan was told about a case where the tunnels were open to the Harabais. And, and and what was that taught with Sukhos Lazara regarding tunnels open to the courtyard? So the Mishnah, which states that chambers which open to consecrated space are consecrated, refers to the underground chambers with entrances to the courtyard. The tunnel underneath the courtyard were consecrated, and these chambers too would thus be consecrated by virtue of the entrances which define their interior. So it all depended on where it was. That, that, that's that's the bottom line of this of this Kamara. It depended on what it opened to and where it was located. If it opened to something that was Kodesh, then it was Kodesh, or if it was ground level, or or, or different things. Uh, the whole time, yeah, but then the Gemara asks, Rabbi Hudomer, Mechilos, the tunnels, Vitagas that were under the the Heichal, the sanctuary, were were considered uh, not not Kodesh. Presumably, the tunnels that that snaked beneath the sanctuary structure opened into the adjacent courtyard. Thus, we see they still are not considered kodesh. So, kitani So, they open to uh, an unconsecrated space. Tashma, the goggle kodesh. It says, but the roof of the sanctuary was consecrated. So, how does Rav say it's not? The tisbara, and and, and and do you really think that's a question? kitani these root rooftops ain't oklum sham kadshe kadashim. You can't eat kadshe kadashim. Ain't shochatim sham kadshe kalim. Thus, the Bryce itself teaches that the rooftops were not holy. So, how can you say it was? The Ella kashe gago kodesh. But, but, so you have to say, but the roof, it, it was consecrated. The roof was consecrated for the storage of utensils, such as two one ama measuring sticks that were kept in the base of Megdash. This none. Um, there were two Amos measuring sticks that were kept in the turret call, and they were called Shushan Abira. I think it was called that as a tribute. 
In the second temple, there was a turret built on the top of the eastern gateway to the Temple Mount. The exterior of the turret was decorated with a picture of the, uh, of the city of Shushan, the capital of Persia. The turret was therefore called Shushan Abira. The entrance was decorated in its fashion to pay homage to the rulers of Persia who had granted permission for the Jews to return to the exile and build the base of Migdash. Right, so that, right, that, that's famous. I think that's also mentioned in Masechus Tomit. Um, anyway, uh, one on the northeastern corner. It would be good if we had those pictures. Zush al Karen Mizrachis, Zephonis, I say, Yisera al Shamosha, Chatsi Etzma. The northeastern corner was longer than a standard Amma that Moshe used, oh, this week's Parsha, to build the, to build the Mishkan. And the one at the southeast corner, was, was longer by one half of a finger. So that it was, it was, the space was longer than what Moshe used. And why was there one large measure and one small one? Uh, why did Beis Amigdash use not have standard measures. Why did why on one side was it a small measure and on the other side it was a, a larger measure? So that the craftsmen hired to, for the construction would take contracts from the officers according to the small measure of Moshe and return the finished product according to the large measure. So they shouldn't come to commit me'ila, meaning that if they, if they so how do you commit me'ila? That's a weird comment. If the craftsmen will work for the base of Migdash according to the standard measure, they could easily commit, come to commit Me'ila by unwittingly producing some, something a fraction smaller than agreed upon, yet accept payment in full. Oh, well, that's how it is. So, so they could be paid to build something in the base of Migdash if they use the smaller measure, if, they, if, if they're supposed to build a larger measure, but they only use the smaller measure, and then they get paid to do the, to, to do the, the larger measure, that, that might be a question of Mila. Mila, using, Mila means using um, um, something consecrated unintentionally. You have a korban, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an avera. And why were the two separate measures needed? So one was used for gold and silver, and one was the construction. I guess the poles, the beams, and all of that had a different uh, had a different measurement than than, than what than what they had. Okay, Tanan. Uh, we, we learned in a Mishnah. The windows and the thickness of the wall are judged as though they're inside. This is the window ledges and the top of the walls. Uh, these are similar to upper stories and rooftops. So Bishlam Achalonos, I understand the windows. Mishkachasla to Shavi because they could be uh, the window ledges level with the floor of the courtyard. But the thickness of the wall. How can he say it's Kodesh? How can the top of the wall have been level with the courtyard floor? So Mishkachasla. Uh, you find it in the case of the low wall, right? Because the wall inside the main wall of the courtyard, there was a second low wall which abutted the main wall and supported it. The top of the, of the low wall was was even was even with the higher floor level of the Kohan's courtyard. And since it was it was at floor level, it was it was considered Kodesh. This refers to high wall and the wall. If you want to see. If you really want to see this, 
Uh, it's probably on YouTube, or, or you can buy it. There, there, there is a video. There's a 3D video of the base of Mikdash. Uh, and, and it's, it's about, 20, about 25 minutes, a half hour. And, and it, it takes you through this 3D tour of what it looked like. You can see the walls, the chambers, the, the, it, it's, it's fascinating. If you really want to do something, <laughs> this, you can't do this now because they won't let you in. If you go to Israel and you go to the Kotel, right next to the Kotel, there's an incredible, um, it, it's, uh, it's an IMAX kind of thing where, where you're sitting in this room and, 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 and you're, you're sitting in the base to make the but near the tunnel doors, uh, right? It's right by the hotel. You, you go in, you put on these headphones, you sit in this swiveling chair. Yeah, you sit in this swiveling chair, and it's all around you. Oh, I don't know. It was there two years ago. Oh, my God. It, it is. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I was, after that tour, and then about six or eight months later, we learned uh, Masechus Talmud. This game, Masechus Talmud is all about the base of Mignos. It was just, it just gave me a different perspective. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I was there. <laughs> the only problem with that, with that, with that, with that uh, attraction is only 10 minutes. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to turn around, just sit there and then do it again. It, it's unbelievable. Anyway, that, that's the ultimate. If you can get, if you can do that, that then, but anyway, seriously, they, they make, uh, it's, I have a feeling it's on YouTube. Um, if not, you can buy it like at a farm store, so $20 maybe. Um, and you can watch this whole 3D tour of the base of Megiddo. It's, fa- it's fascinating. All right. Shtei Chaburah, says the Mishnah. Shahayu uh, Oflin, you have two Chaburahs that eat in the same house. You know, that's danger right away. Uh, two groups are eating in the same house. Eilu Hoflin is Peneim Heilech Oflin. One group turns their face in one direction and eats. Eilu Hoflin is Peneim Heilech Oflin. And those people may turn their face in another direction and eat. This, you know what this was? It was the hotels. <laughs> it was the hotels in Jerusalem. Uh, each table had a separate uh, had a separate meal, right? So they they were they, they weren't supposed to face each other. Um, so va'amecham ba'emsa and the kettle in between them, uh, meaning so what do you mean the kettle in between them? The kettle of hot water is used by the waiter to dilute the wine that he pours for the members of each company. For the sake of his convenience, is permitted to leave the kettle between the groups, as it is done in such in, in such situations all year round. The fact that it creates a partition between them is of no concern. Well, you want a partition between them? I don't know what the problem is. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so, when the waiter who is eating with one group gets up to pour wine for the other group, he closes his mouth and he turns his face around. I don't know what that means. Till he arrives back to his own. I, I, I mean, I know what it means, but it's a, it's a strange comment. The ocha, and then he and, and, and he may then eat. A bride averts her face from a group and eats. Modesty and shyness may make a bride reluctant to face the company while eating, since she is in the center of attention. She may turn away from her colleagues despite the appearance of separating from the group because the pesa may be eaten by two covers. I was wondering about that. Technically, you could have a Sheva Brachas at a Seder. I mean, somebody gets married a couple of days before Pesach. It could happen. It's a That's what happened. It's a Kala. Pesach may be eaten by two companies. What does that mean? So it's only one? No. We're eating over there and they're eating over there. They can't, no, 
They get, and they can't look at each other. <laughs> they have to turn their, that's why they have to turn away their face. No, the wine could be shared. Now I lost 40. Was the Pesach maybe like what is that? She may turn away from her colleagues. No, looking no forty, despite the appearance of separating. No, that's the Kala. She's allowed. She doesn't have to look at her group because she doesn't want to be the center of attention. But doesn't mean she cares. But she still has to eat from her group. Okay, what does it mean when it says the course of Pesach may be eaten by two companies? What does that mean? Understand that. You know what I'm looking at? I, I'm, I'm looking right at what you're looking at. What does that mean? No, it, it means there are two groups of people in the room. Right. A Pesach. Okay. Not a No, but it, not it, a Pesach. It's two separate Pesach. All right, so the wording is not. Uh, okay. <laughs> the wording is not perfect. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's what it means. Okay, anyway. Mastisan Mani. Who's the author of the Mishnah? Rabbi Hudahi. Titania. Alabatima Sheyoklu al Sobahem. So the Pusik in uh, Parsha's bow. Um, it says, uh, um, on the houses in which they will eat it. Malame, Chapesa Nechal Vashtechaburos. That you're allowed, that Pesa may be eaten. In two groups, the house in which you eat it refers to a single Pesach offering. Yet states they may eat may eat it in houses. That is, the various registers on a single Pesach may split it up into separate companies and eat it in different houses. That's something else. So then it can be done. No, that's no. They were all in the same group, and they just they just had they just had a separate seder. That's that's what he's saying. So you can. Do no, but 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 you can't give it out to somebody else that's not in the group. Right, but the group. The group can divide. That's what he's saying. He's saying the group can divide, right? Huh. It, it can, like, if I have 10 people, I could go five and five. Right? Um, I might have thought that one who was eating the Pesach may eat in two separate places. Right? 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 No, he has to stay. If a waiter ate an olive volume of the Pesach next to the oven while roasting it, if he's a smart guy, he, he should fill his stomach with it in that location since he can no longer eat elsewhere. And if they want to be nice to him, they should come and sit with him. Because once you eat the Korban Pesach, you can't go somewhere else. So Rabbi Shimon argues, this is no, you can actually eat in two ways. I might have thought that it means they may be eaten in two groups. That is, it might be thought that the registers may initially split into separate companies and begin eating the Pesach at different locations. Says no, that's being one house. Uh, yes, Rabbi Shimon understands this as teaching that all the registers must initially sit together to eat the Pesach in one place. After they have been eating, however, any individual may move to another location and finish it there. The Gemara goes on to explain that the underlying difference in the next... Okay, fine. So the Brisa implies that according to Rabbi Shimon, if the waiter ate a 
kazayas next to the oven. He's allowed afterwards to move over to the location of the group since the person may eat in two places. However, one, one might argue that the rest of the company should require to join him next to the oven once he began to eat there. How can they establish themselves in a different location than his and form a new, a new group for the beginning of the meal? The answer is that the waiter did not intend to establish himself next to the oven of the meal, but merely put some of the roasted flesh into his mouth while handling it, right? Right? Are you cooking? You eat it. The mind commits the back in the Gemara. So, what, what, what are they arguing about? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Yeshem the Mesoras, Rabbi Shimon Sobe, Yeshem the Mikra. Yeshem the Mesoras and Yeshem the Mikra means that sometimes words, there are words in the Torah, uh, throughout the Torah, that we don't always read it how it's written. Um, um, that you know, sometimes it's uh, what, what stands out in my mind is um, in the Tokacha in Parshas Kisavo. In the Tokacha, there are certain words that are very, very nasty, and and, and we have we, it says one thing, it said, and we read it dif- differently. That's called Yesh Aim Lamasoris. That we have, or, or or another example, the word the word he, right? Sometimes the word he is spelled who. Um, but we still say he. So that's called Yesh Aim the Does the meaning change? Does the meaning change? Okay, sure, it could change. But, but only yeah, yeah, if you're Hasidish. Right. <laughs> as, as Barry said, uh, Charlie said the same thing, only if you're Hasidish. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, Yesh Aim the Mikra means that the, the how it's written is 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 a, is a value. This, this note is uh, too long for me. But uh, uh so Babayis Echad means uh, so 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 the basic so the basic difference is how do you read the word? Is it Babayis Echad Ye Achel? This teaches that the offering may not be initially be divided. That's called Yeshem Lamikra. Yeshem Lamasores means that is meaning he shall eat it in one house, as explained above. Thus, the registers may split into two companies. So. Is it one house or is it one eating? That's that's the basically the machlokas. If they were sitting and eating the Pesach as a group and a partition was then spread out between them, separating them into two groups. According to the one who says, Rabbi Huda, that a Pesach may be eaten in two groups, right? Okay, so that, that was one case. Now, they were in two groups and the mechitza was taken away. According to the one who says you can eat in two different places, that's interesting that the Gemara says the removal of a partition creates it into a new location, even though they're still sitting in the, in the, in the same place. But by removing the partition, it's like you're restructuring the room, and and, and that makes it into a, another location. Yosef Rav Kahana Kapashle Mipsha. Rav Kahana was sitting and recited uh, the previous law. Amalei Rav Ashi Rav Kahana. You should be in doubt and inquire about the matter. Siluk Mechitza Vasias Mechitza. The removal of Mechitza or creation of a Mechitza. Mi Havi Kishtei Mekomos Ushtei Chaburus Tami Olo. So so so. Rav Kahana said that that I don't understand that. How you can argue that whether you put the mechitza in or you take it out creates two groups. Why is that not? What's the difference? If I'm still sitting, I'm still sitting in the same place. I haven't moved. 
The question is, did I roll in the mechitza or did I roll out the mechitza? He says, I don't understand that. So the Muratag answers, take it. I, I, I don't know. So, so I don't know. I'm still a little unclear. You have the two people. You have Shimon and Yehuda. Right. Right. And so what? What? What's the actual difference in how they're treating this Pesach of a group of twenty? Let's say you have you, you already you have twenty registrants for a Pesach. Right. Okay. So what? So it's Malogus whether whether you need to start in the same place or 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 you can do two groups. So so even though they're registered for one Pesach, but they're still eating the same animal. Pesach, but you don't have to eat it together. That's a Malogus. Well, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda says yes. Yes, and, I forget Yeah, I think he said it right. Yeah. And, and, and Rabbi Shimon says you can actually then split it to two different places. Right, and then it, and then there's a question of whether mechitza is considered two different places. Right. So that, and then the, that the Gemara says, I don't know. Isn't this against? You know, it's different from what we've been reading. Well, well that was a question. Is it is do we follow that the literal reading of, of the of the Pasuk or do we follow the the uh, the tradition that we have of, of how to understand the Pasuk? So that was a, that was the machokis. Is it literally a bias has to be in the same house? Or or is it uh now, or, half, but they both agree that after you begin, you then can move. You can move, yeah. Both of them. You can finish it somewhere else. Yeah. You can finish somewhere else. Both, they both right. But you have to at least somewhere else. It's still got to be the same pesach. Not, I'd say different food. I just said right. so. The same food. Of course, yeah. Can't, same. Can never share. There's no, just can't share. There's no share. Have to be registered. Have to be registered. It's like right. The vaccine. Yeah, it's like the vaccine. But, yeah. So if you can't get, so if you can't get a vaccine, here, here you got an animal. You'll have, you'll have your meat. You'll have your lamb chops. <laughs> yeah. So it says a bride, she turns her face away. My timer. Because she's embarrassed to eat facing because everybody's looking at her. Right. It's, it's annoying, right? That's going to call They'll tell you, right? The, the photographers. They said to him, What is your name? Amaluhu Ravuna, you reply Ravuna. Amro Nesibar Apuria. They said, let master sit on the couch. Yosef, he said, Yehuvle Kasa. They gave him a cup of wine to drink. Kabli Bichad Zimna. He accepted it with, with, with the first offer. Vishatya betrays him. Drank it in, in two drafts. Below Ahadarpe. He didn't avert his face while drinking. Right? So Amrale. My time are currently Rav Kahana. So why, why do you call yourself Rav Huna? I mean, Rav, not, not Rav Kahana, Rav Huna. Amalahu, Baal Hashem Ani. That is what I am called. As they say in Yiddish, Zoy Heisman. <laughs> right? They say, My time are Nesav Apuri Yasser. They continue. Why, why, when you were told to sit on the couch, did you sit, sit, seat yourself on it? Meaning, you should have declined and sat on the floor or a chair. In those times, it was unusual to casually seat oneself on a couch, and they were astonished when he followed their suggestion. Okay, I don't, I don't know what that is, but okay. So, Amr Lahu, Whatever the host tells you, you should do, except when he says, go out. The Bryce appears in Tractate Derek Eretz Rabba. Okay. 
Whatever task the host asks you to do for him in his house, do. But if he asks you to go out and shop for him, you need not do that, since it's inappropriate for a guest to go shopping in unfamiliar markets. Okay? My timer. Why, when they gave you a cup of wine, did you accept it at the first offer? One may refuse a lesser man, but one may not refuse a greater man. My timer is to see betrays him. So why did you drink it in two drafts? I'm relayed to Tanya. If you drink uh, wine in one shot, you're, you're a guzzler. Uh, drink it in two set in two shots. But if you do three times, then you're uh, you're hoarding, right? My t- this Gemara is somewhere else. Uh, it's not the only place this Gemara appears. My time, my He says he says. Why, why did you not avert your face when you drank? Why didn't you turn? It says a bride, not anybody else. They gave him a, they gave him a cup of wine. So he he. Uh, hold on. Uh, so he he had a Dishes? What kind of dishes? I'll clean it up when I get home. Okay, no problem. They gave him a cup of wine to drink. So he drank it in one draft. Aren't you? Isn't that like being a guzzler? Uh, he said, This was not said about your small cup, your sweet wine, and my broad stomach. Uh, they could come. They could come all together, but they but they may leave one at a time. This is applicable only when they enter at the time that people normally enter. Which is applicable when the waiter was aware of their intention. They pay their fair share of the waiter's wage. And the last one must pay something something extra. Allah does not rather that those who finish last need neither pay a greater share of the wages fee than their colleagues, nor pay him anything beyond his regular fee. Hadrin Allah, Kate Sansom. I don't know what these last stories are telling us, but okay. Nice. <laughs>